1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report. I'm your host, Blair Andrews, as always, with my co-host, Hassan Rahim. How's it going, Hassan?
2: Uh, you know, can't really complain, Blair. Uh, you know, it's uh, going to be it's just a two of us here. Uh, the last time we, it was just us, we drafted a resurrection team. Um, before we even start the show, uh, I remember we were receiving some flack for that team <laughs> uh and I want to vindicate everyone who was dogging on us because I think we're not doing particularly well. <laughs> if I if I recall, do you mind pulling up the score there? Yeah, hold on a sec. Yeah. yeah um gotta, gotta sign in. Yeah, um, but while while we wait for while we wait for Blair to actually uh pick up the most, uh, you know, figure out where we're at in this resurrection draft. Um, I will say uh that we're here to talk cj stroud i mean look he, he what he did today was was out of pocket he completed 30 of 42 passes for 470 yards and five touchdowns the texans since 39 37 went over the Bucks. stroud he i mean he put on a show for nearly four quarters he picked apart the bucks defense at every turn with deep throws outside middle everywhere in between uh i have major regrets not martin galing the Dell overs i had from last week you know and just because when you're watching him and he and, and just watching him play, like it's clear that he's kind of elevated himself as like a top tier dynasty quarterback. I know in like mock drafts for dynasty in Superflex, particularly, he was going one pick ahead or right around where Tua was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want I, I do want to talk a little bit about that, you know, that that final drive with under a minute left on the clock. He completed all five of his past attempts um don't don't I mean, we're not talking about the spike but yeah 75 yards in that and a walk-off touchdown to Tank Dell, right that final drive gave Stroud the nfl record for passing yards in a game by a rookie and it ties in with four other quarterbacks for the single game touchdown record among rookies so just to bring it back home blair um why didn't we draft gj Stroud and a resurrection team what were we doing with our lives
1: yeah what were we doing with our lives i mean to be fair this team is currently in second place. In our, we're league. in
2: second place.
1: In second place, we were in first place, but it looks like
2: the we guys, were in first. We were in first until this week, and then it looks. Can like- you can you can you pull up the squad again, just for everybody who's watching this on the stream, yeah, so we sure. can recap the listeners as well. See. Just because this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I didn't think. I thought we were in ninth. <laughs> no, we we're doing pretty good. Uh oh, I wish we'd advance. That
1: would be pretty sick. I know. Um, well, it's a Lamar Jackson Mark Andrews team, so not the greatest today, but uh we did get some good points from yeah. Are you
2: sharing your screen? Because I can't see it. Yeah, not yet. Hold on. Uh, I don't even remember it. The only the only thing I remember from that stream was us talking about Jerry Judy's potential trade and how it might actually help us out if he goes to like the Carolina Panthers. And, uh well, the trade deadline, as we discussed last week, it came to pass. Gary Judy is still a Bronco, and um we didn't – we passed on CJ Stroud. Sorry for uh, for the confusion there to the listeners, though, because we are going to talk about Stroud in a second. I am very, very excited to hear about our – this resurrection team that I actually thought was dead, but we must be running very pure. Here we go. This oh, is the league
1: – there's the team. Look at this, Jackson. Devonte Curry. Williams,
2: Tyler Algier. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell. Oh yeah, remember when Kenny Gainwell was a thing? Yeah, 28 um, points. AJ Brown is J. really Strong. carrying this team. AJ Brown is carrying us. Yeah, Man, we got some points from Strong. Dude, what, what? What is up with this Devontae? Like, like, okay, so uh, and Addison uh, was a good, a good pick because this was right after
1: Jefferson got hurt, I think. Although,
2: just after just Jefferson got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have QJ. Uh, uh, for all of those who don't know, Josh Palmer went on on injured reserve. So that means that's going to be out for the next four weeks. We really need QJ to step up. Um. Oh, we have Chico Conquo. Yeah. We have Donald Parham, but Mark Andrews. So, again, why do we pick? Per- like, okay, so realistically, tomorrow, like, here's what I'm expecting. Is tomorrow we're going to see just this wide range of, like, sports writers all talking about how they preferred. um uh stroud to to bryce young so i really wanted to get your take here oh, are we are we not are we not advancing i can't tell we are yeah we are okay well we need this to hold somehow um we um, were in
1: first we were in first before but like this guy got like 10 points more than us this week so
0: mm.
2: You can't see where my mouse is, probably, well, can you? Here's our here's a yeah. single bullet, though. But, yeah, so let, let, let's talk about why didn't we take CJ Stroud or – because he was tearing up the league the first four weeks. So why did we miss on him here? Or did we just get sniped? I don't remember the board anymore. But, Show his team. I want to
1: – Yeah. Do, uh, yeah, and I have these happen for you guys.
2: ETN is pretty big. ETN, Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Rico Dottle, Damian Harris – there's his running backs, Keenan Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Elijah Moore, Josh Downs, Brandon Cooks, Odell Beckham Jr., Darius Marshall, Evan Ingram, and Luke Musgrave. Who are his quarterbacks?
1: Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun and Watson. Deshaun
2: Watson. So he's got the Jaguars stack. He's yeah. got That's a pretty you know, good team. I mean, this goes back to what we're talking about with back. Ben about 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 Josh Downs. Um Luke Musgrave had a, had a touchdown today as well. Um mm-hmm that's actually pretty impressive despite it being a fairly RB heavy team. He did fairly well in terms of picking the right, picking the playing the best plays at, at at wide receiver. I do think
1: long-term I'd like our team a little bit better and I feel good about, about the squad we have. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a reason I drafted, we drafted these guys.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we were kind of forced into some of these guys like Judy, Uh, but like, and we have a blurb on him later. So like some, it's actually kind of good because we have uh, somehow we actually have a bunch of these guys on our show sheet, yeah. but I really, I really do want to, dis- we've, we've been discussing this entire Stroud young thing uh, over mm-hmm. the course of the the season. Uh, and I think it really did does come to a head today. Right. Like uh, if only because uh, in comparison, Bryce young completes 24, 39 passes for 173 yards, one touchdowns and three interceptions in the Panthers has 27- 27. 13-week-9 loss to the Colts. This this Colts defense isn't particularly great, right? And Young really looked like he was the worst quarterback in this class. Uh, Despite being the first, he was brutal in the first half. He threw only three passes that were more than five years on the field. His first two interceptions were both big sixes to the same defender. These are throws that he was flat-footed on. I'm not much of a film grinder, but he just, just didn't look like he knew what he was doing, right? Yeah. Um, and right. and I think next week we see him get back a little bit on track because he plays against the Bears. But the dichotomy between these two quarterbacks, the gulf between them, in my opinion, cannot be wider right now. Right. Like I, I mean, like we've got right. comments in the chat saying he it's, you know, uh, it's over. Bryce Young is an NFL boss. I'm sorry to have to write it out for this year and next year he did not massively approve. They do have to draft another QB. Yeah, I'm the interesting thing is that they did turn over play calling to a new OC as well. So I really wanted to get your take, Blair. Like, what? Where are you ranking Stroud in in uh, Dynasty, and where are you taking Bryce Young? Yeah,
1: that's a good question. In Dynasty, I'm gonna have to. pull I mean, up if our you ranks. Redo, if you redraft, you know, if you were to redraft the rookie class, I think obviously you'd have Stroud going number maybe number one overall ahead of uh, ahead of even the receiver Bijan? Yeah, I have Bijan. I don't know, that's close and superflex. Uh, uh, well,
2: that's in super super in superflex. I think you're probably taking Stroud. Yeah. In superflex, I mean, you can you're, definitely you're make an Stroud. argument
1: for Stroud in super, I mean, in non-superflex obviously you wouldn't do that. But um but yeah, and then I think you'd have, you know, Ooh. obviously, Rin- Richardson is hurt, so that's tough, but I think yeah. you'd have him next, but would you have Young? Would you want to take Young ahead of Will Levis now that we've seen him?
2: Up so really so that's so that's the so that's the thing, right? Like I all right, so uh we're bringing him in. All right, so I'm actually looking at our rookie rankings right now. We had Bijan ranked first, then Jameer Gibbs, then JSN, then Richardson, and we had Young just ranked over Stroud but in the same tier, right? Yeah. Um, so I think if you were to do this again, you're definitely putting Stroud in tier one alongside Bijan, right? Stroud moves from tier three to tier one, yeah, right. And I think that, that that little, like, that's, like, the biggest shift. I mean, the, the, big, the big issue, or it, at least to me, is we don't know, like, Richardson could be in Tier 1. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he could have been here. He, he could have <laughs> been there, right? And that's, like, the issue is that, like, I think uh, <laughs> I might write Bryce Young behind Tyson, <laughs> Badgett, Dynasty. In all honesty, I mean – uh, so we can, so we should go back to, to kind of where we were talking about this in rookie drafts is uh, in super flex. I'm always needy at quarterbacks. I'm always prone to move up quarterbacks in super flex. Yeah. Uh, I always, I always exit the startups. Not, not, not well, right. Like it's just, it's a disaster when you're looking at my quarterbacks. Um, it's, it's truly sadness. Um, I think but in, interesting. In, hmm? no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say is it's, I think knowing like, I would be taking, man. So like, I think the thing is Bryce Young really plummets, right? Like, I think in terms of, and I'm gonna, when I'm talking super flex here, I'm talking about our, and and the settings I'm typically talking about is what we have in the triflex. Is I think you'd want to take him, uh, man. Like he's he just, I don't know where you take Bryce Young. Like, like I don't, I genuinely don't don't think you can take him where you like. I think I would be happy paying what I paid for with Levis for Bryce Young. Yeah. In Superflex, but that's like a cheap do. Like that's a mid second, which in Superflex, if you play a lot of Superflex Dynasty or even Superflex Redraft, it it's the dredges at that point.
1: So if you're thinking about a Dynasty startup or trading in uh-huh. Dynasty, would would you have Bryce Young ahead of guys like, I don't know, where would you have him in relation to
2: Jordan Love, for instance? Oh my god! I think I'm more than happy to take Bryce Young earlier than Love, if yeah. only because I think Love, like Young gets another year. I do think the Packers need to move on from Love, but they might have won too many games. But I can see yeah. them drafting another quarterback early next year. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like all the, yeah the, is behind uh, Howell, and I think that's yeah, definitely right. After that's great. Right. Sure, I think I think all these. Like, I think I think Howell goes into a pretty. He gets he goes up pretty high, but we're not. I mean, we we were supposed to be discussing CJ Stroud, right? <laughs> so 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 the question is: so we've already got him as QB six right now, right? So it's hurt and superflex. So it's Hertz, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Dua Tagovailoa, and then Stroud, and yeah. then it's and then it's Joe Barrow, and then it's Trevor Lawrence, and he's a first round pick. So I agree with this one hundred percent, right? See, I am thinking. I'm thinking you take Stroud earlier than Herbert and Doug of Aloha, but I was thinking Lamar Jackson's too low. Yeah, that's that could be. Uh, and if you want to definitely if, have, if you want to pull this up for our, if you want to pull this up for all the viewers, uh, I just dropped uh, the link here in the chat. If you want to pull up our our grid, so people can see what we're talking about. Let me see. Yeah, sorry, I'm yeah. making all the screen share fun stuff, but yeah, that's a, of course I'm not in on this. But yeah, it's just. But yeah, just okay. to just to keep the conversation moving is is the thing is is what's impressive to me at least is that Stroud is doing this with Dalton Schultz as a leading receiver, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Who I mean, like I'll be honest, like like I think the Texans really need to get an alpha, like a true alpha wide receiver, right? Yeah, these guys are fine bit pieces, but could you imagine him with a true true blue alpha, like? Like, I mean, like, like the big issue that I'm going to have with Stroud next season is, in in terms of best ball, is he's going to go too dang early for us. I, I don't know how he's going to go outside of the window.
1: <laughs> right. So, here are the uh, dynasty rankings. So far, these are using Sean's and Curtis's from the month of October. So, Curtis's are almost a month old at this point. but And Sean's are about two weeks. So, these yeah. are not updated as frequently in season so take that
2: um you know, take the draft that period. into account pull up the draft because i think that's the most interesting one to me at least just from a stark visual standpoint right 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 so
1: for this you've got hurts mahomes allen one two three do you move stroud up above yeah i think you definitely can can take him ahead of herbert and tua i think herbert's he join too the high tier, does he join the tier of the of those top three guys where you take him maybe ahead of any other position ahead of chase and jefferson
2: ah oh, man this is so this all comes down to how you build your roster right like again like, like, like i said like the way that i build my superflex rosters is i'll probably take a quarter like so i've done some research on this especially for like scott fishbowl and i found that it's just easier to just make your pit stop like treat quarterback if you're taking a lead quarterback in superflex take two and treat it like a pit stop, right? Mm-hmm. Because then we, when you think about what your 2v2 two two is, is it's like CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, for example, right? Versus Justin Jefferson and then Brock Purdy as your quarterback, right? Yeah. And I think that that's a pretty steep thing, is a pretty steep step down, because then you can walk off with guys like JSN, Jordan Addison, T. Higgins, Drake London, Puka well, Nakua, DK, DK Metcalf. Right, Christian Watson, DJ Moore, like you can walk away with pr- like usable productivity there. Even mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs, right. Yeah. But then if the the more you wait, and you get pressured, and you're taking these like not particularly great, kind of shaky-ish NFL talents as your quarterbacks one and two in high draft capital positions, which I don't think you really want to, right? Because then look at all the guys who you're going to be missing out on. You miss out on guys like Zay Flowers, George Pickens, uh, QJ Ramondre you know, James Cook. And then obviously all the tight ends, right? Like, like you've got guys like pits are going around there. Right. Deion, like just guys who you really want to fill out on your back end of your roster, your, 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 your wide receivers, two, three flex, flex, flex running backs. Right. Like, and then you get those, like the, the difference between an elite quarterback and these mid guys is just nuts. Like, like right now, uh, you know, like I would argue Herbert's too high. um, daga viola also probably needs to come back so i probably put cj i probably put cj strategy burrow up and then lamar jackson also gets moved up and trevor lawrence gets moved like stays where he is
1: yeah and bryce young here uh obviously these are all um you know a few yeah these are old <laughs> these are a couple weeks old at at least but i mean you know he hasn't done anything. I think to really justify this kind of price lately. I think you probably move him down. Yeah, at least like, a few like
2: Sam Howell got to move up, right? Move so I think you move Sam sure. Howell up ahead of. So Dak Prescott's also too low, unfortunately, right? Like you got to drop Brock Birdie. you got to drop Deshaun, you got to drop Goff, you got to move up Dak after today's, you know, I mean, just today's performance is kind of indicative of what he's good at. Yeah, the last few I weeks think, he's been he's been better uh, than uh, yeah what we've seen
1: earlier in the better season. Than what so we've I think seen. You right, can, but you can make you can make a case to move him up a little bit. I think. Yeah,
2: but I don't think Jordan Love makes it. Yeah, uh, uh, our comment sections are already talking about how poor Kenny Pickett is. Yeah, <laughs> I you know Stroud already has more career touchdowns than Pickett. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, and then and then you see who you're getting into is just guys whose like futures are uncertain. Guys like Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, I've heard, you know, or at least reading, yeah, uh, we're going to be getting into, um, you know, you're getting into like interesting territory there with with, with Cousins because Cousins becomes a real kind of uh, Mason-Dixon line, I guess, of like where you, like what becomes of him in the future. I think he gets another contract for better or for worse. I don't know if it's going to be the Vikings, but I know some team is going to take him who's won too many games. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's a quarterback who's shown that he can, he can produce in the NFL. So he'll get, he'll, get another, he'll get another contract for sure.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: One guy we could talk about who's probably not anywhere close on these rankings, but somebody I really want to get your thoughts on is uh, not a guy we've necessarily been pounding the table for or anything, but he does fit the road of his mindset in one way, and that's Keaton Mitchell, uh, 21-year-old rookie running back who today had 100 and what 138 yards um for the ravens uh on only nine carries so you know even in a game where gus edwards averages 10 yards a carry and scores two touchdowns he might have also
2: lost his job or am i reading too much into this um all right. So, so, so full, full transparency. I had an under on Gus Edwards today. It was uh, under 51 and a half rushing yards. Uh, it closed, I think 57 and a half. So that's on me for betting the opening line mm-hmm. and getting really excited because the, the Seahawks are actually pretty good against the run. Uh, Gus Edwards had five carries for 52 yards. So I lost and two touchdowns. He had one Forty-two yard back break and carry, and that's where I lost. Right? Yeah. That was literally where I lost. Gus Edwards before that had the, I had the pleasure of playing against Gus Edwards in several must-win games, and he put up the most frustrating performance today against me across multiple leagues. Right? And then, and then, and then Mitchell Keaton shows up, and yeah, like this is kind of like this is your guy, man. Uh, I mean he shows up and is like a spark plug dude like i mean yeah it was like it was backups but like backups i mean this is kind of where they make their bones because it's not like he you know like he showed everything that we thought he could be like just incredible burst just like a dual threat like i don't know man what are your thoughts on, on on mitchell well i loved what i saw i think
1: that it was really um it tells us a lot that at the end of the game, like in the fourth quarter, when they took Lamar out, they took all their starters out. It was Justice Hill getting all those carries, not Mitchell. Right? They yeah. took Mitchell out at that point too, um, as if to say, "We got to keep this guy fresh. We're going to be using him a lot more in the future." So I think uh, you know, when you watch uh, <laughs> when you watch him run and the kind of breakaway speed and stuff, it's hard to get excited about Gus Edwards, um, and you're even you're even forgetting you even had jk dobbins on your fantasy teams who is that guy
2: man it's 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 genuinely frustrating what like one today we got really game scripted so you and i have a couple of lamar jackson mark Andrews stacks right and yeah. ffdc it works out because mark andrews put it together it's not the only somehow it's not the only these aren't the only um <laughs> teams where we have this stack i have them on several personal redraft teams yeah and it's really frustrating watching lamar make all these like like part of the reason why running backs were so so successful against yep. against the Seahawks defense who's actually been pretty stout against running backs is that Lamar just makes this team like he actually puts the fear of god into defenders like when it comes <laughs> down to it cuz like cuz like yeah you like you want them to feed Gus Edwards a rock because he's not particularly great like there were several instances in today's game where you could tell that um they the, the defense was kind of caught flat-footed because they expected Lamar to have the ball in the, in, in, in the in, in as a keeper, but he was handing it off to Edwards. That was where that forty-two yarder actually came right. from. The, right. the the defender misread who had the football, and that was that. And that was me just sort of sitting there, you know, like, oh well, it's just you know, it's it's, it's an L. But like, you know, kudos to the to the Ravens team for identifying that, right? And then it's the same with Tyler Huntley. Right, like Huntley took over, right? yeah, and he's kind of got his, not like he doesn't have a similar skill set, he's not as fast, but like, right, again, you have to respect this team and what yeah. it does there. I, I do think that there we should see hopefully an expanded um opportunity for Keaton Mitchell, right? Yeah. Justice Hill, they don't seem to be particularly enamored with, and um, like they seem to be f- fairly good. Um, yeah, there's a good question here in the chat. Like, do the Ravens just sit Justice Hill and give Keaton and Mitchell a 50 50 timeshare? I don't think they're going to move that fast, but I do think we're going to see Keaton Mitchell get like start siphoning off Gary. So, Blair, my, my question to you really here is like, is Justice Hill rosterable, right? And yeah. I guess, and I guess, and when I'm talking about rosterable, I'm talking about like 20 team, like, like, you know, 20 roster spot leagues. Um, or and like, and like, who are you getting rid of to try and pick up Keaton Mitchell?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I do not think that uh, Justice Hill is someone I would be holding on to at this point. It seems like they've got him purely in a backup role. You know, they've also got... I don't got... know, man.
2: 13, he had 13 carries today for 40 yards.
1: I know, but how, Gus many had of those, five. how many of those came in garbage time? I mean, most of this game was garbage time. Like, <laughs> Like starting at the half, it was garbage, right? That's true, but I mean in the fourth in the fourth quarter, like they took out Lamar Jackson pretty early in the fourth quarter, as um, they should have. Yeah, I uh, can't even remember what the uh, what the score was at that point. I think it that, was, or rather, what the well, yeah, they had thirty. It was thirty to three going into the third quarter, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they took him out with into th- the at, at thirty quarter, points. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure uh, they took him they took him out. Yeah. So, I don't know if Jackson even played the fourth quarter at all. Mitchell he Mitchell had two I, uh... carries in the fourth quarter, it looks like. And then Hill carried the rest of the time when they're just kind of, um, you know, trying to chew up the clock. So, I, yeah, he did get a lot of carries in this game, but I don't think they were meaningful. I think he's he's kind of there, uh, you know, he's their backup the way Huntley is, the backup to Lamar Jackson. So, you know, obviously he can put up he can put up some fantasy points if they're going to be in game scripts like this where he's getting 13 carries at the end of the game i just think mitchell coming on probably his skill set overlaps with what justice hill does more so i think it's a it's a bigger problem for hill than it is for edwards who you saw even when mitchell was playing well they still gave edwards the ball at the goal line got him that second touchdown um so
2: yeah, here's a good take by historical anomalies. Raven's defense seems to be legit. They smoked the lines at home too. Yeah, man. Like, we always thought kind of this this defense was fairly legit, but it's impressive to see them rounding into form, especially against teams who are, I mean, honestly, pretty good, right? Like like the Seahawks, like Geno Smith looked – he hasn't looked particularly great, but today he looked like the worst version of himself this season. <laughs> you know, 13, 13 completions on 28 pass attempts for 157 yards. Um Tyler Lockett, eight targets, three three receptions, thirty two yards. DK Metcalf, four targets, one catch, fifty. The only guy who really did anything was JSN, uh, who caught six of his seven targets for sixty three yards. Um, you know, he was just the lone bright spot in their in their in their offense. But again, I think on most of this before like, most of this production again came in that garbage time, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so so, I mean, just from a box score scouting perspective. Is like Blair and I actually had a conversation about this today on on our teams. We actually faced this conundrum: was GSN? Do we start GSN this week or do we start QJ, knowing that Bombers on IR, right? And and you said you wanted to go GSN. That hopefully has worked out. <laughs> so I want so so you know so I want to get your take. Like, do you do you think that like this is from a box score scouting perspective? We've seen we've seen JSN's opportunities sort of take up do you think that he set up for a big back half of the season or is it just going to be more like, you know, kind of confusion? And also I wanted to get your take on, on Zach Charbonnet after talking him up all week. Um, you know, Charbonnet only had four carries for eight yards. Uh, so, you know, not getting the same kind of love, but also Kenneth Walker had nine carries for 16 yards. So I wanted to be, I wanted to get your take there on, on this, on, on the running backs as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, like it was said in the comments, the Ravens are a legit defense and uh, tough to run against. And also, I think the game script obviously didn't set up well for either Walker or Charbonnet to have a big game. Um, I'm definitely optimistic for JSN over the second half. I mean, a lot of this production did come in garbage time, but at the same time, you know, these are drives where um, – Seattle's kind of desperate to try and put some points up. They're playing fast. JSN was open on almost every play. I mean, when you've got a guy who's who's able to get open and earn these kinds of targets, even against a good defense like Baltimore, I think you have to you have to uh use him more. So I'm I'm pretty encouraged by this stat line, even though it wasn't great. Obviously, Seattle did not look good in this game. And um just want to see see their schedule coming up uh they play Washington and then the Rams so two two couple of get right games yeah, two matchups that they can definitely put up some points in so uh yeah, I'm looking forward to what j s n can do down the stretch I mean as far as you know whether we should have started him instead of Quentin Johnson, obviously he did not set a very high bar in this one, but at the same time we haven't seen
2: q j clear. Even really low bars, yeah. But what was interesting, at least to me, and we don't talk about last week as much, but what was interesting to me is that the team did go out of their way to try to make it easier on him, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were using him more in the middle of the field where he historically has succeeded in terms of um, where he was used in college, yeah. And and they did make it a little bit easier for him putting up, up against linebackers, right? Like the Adam Thielen cor- corollary exists here. <laughs> Um. Uh. Today was a very down day for Thielen Thanks for Bryce. You know, I mean Bryce Young, and all. But maybe Thielen Yeah, the season wears on. Maybe it's just not the same. But I will say that, like, um, I would be interested to see what QJ does. I mean, this is this is it, man. Like, this is this. Like, it really is kind of the issue is this is like the dream run out for us as QJ drafters where we were taking him in the off season, right? Like, we he was going incredibly early despite where Mike Williams and Keenan were going, Mike Williams miss is, has been gone for so long. Yeah. And then Bomber stepped up, and QJ still was a non-entity. And he, now he's got four games. Four games. Yeah. To Someone himself. in the chat just asked, what the hell do I do with Devontae Adams? The guy just can't get anything done. Brother, we're in the same boat. We have him <laughs> on this res- on, on our resurrection best ball team. And... uh I have been starting him everywhere because I like the ceiling the ceiling he offers us the ceiling Devonte Adams genuinely offers us is uh, so high and so mouthwatering that it'd be very stupid of the Raiders to not figure out a way to like get him going again right like he is genuinely that guy that is a game-breaking talent. And in kind of as Cobra Guy says in the chat, he's more of a top 20 than a top six. Unfortunately is how he's gonna go with the uh, Aiden O'Connell under center, who looks who looked fairly serviceable. But man, like Devontae, I've got him on a couple of kind of mature dynasty teams. And I just have been starting him, dude. Like it's lost me the last three weeks. Um, but it also won me the first three weeks, right? Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's and, interesting. And, and, I mean, mm-hmm.
1: he's like, you know, he's having a rare down season in terms of his efficiency this year. He has still shown this ceiling, though.
2: Like in week three against Pittsburgh, putting up forty-two PPR. Um, so yeah, he, he he did it early in the in the year. I just don't know why they stopped going to him.
1: Right. It's not like you. It's not like you necessarily want to say he's, you know, fallen off a cliff. I mean, the efficiency obviously is a red flag, but it's not. I think there's probably yeah. more going on here than just, uh, you know, he's an aging wide receiver. One thing that's kind of interesting is if you, if you look, for instance, in our stat explorer at the, at the pass location data. One thing you know. You want to pull that up? You
2: want to pull that up so everyone can see it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I will say oh, well, well, while you're doing that, I will say Devontae still did lead this team in targets seven today. the The big thing about the Giants is they didn't get anything going. Daniel Jones hurt again, potentially torn ACL. This feels at the beginning of the end for Daniel Jones, at least to me. Um, but I will like I, w- what I will say is um, because the Giants didn't get anything going, the the Raiders were able to pretty much get Josh Jacobs going. and 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 the issue is is this offense isn't prolific enough to where your running back and your wide receiver are going to pop off. Right. Like, uh, like, like last week again, against, against the lions, that was like an absolute shellacking. Mm -hmm. And the, like the, that was like Adams seven targets again, led the team in targets one catch for 11 yards. Right. Yeah. Um, against the bears, uh, Adams actually did pretty well. Twelve targets, seven for fifty-seven. So, like, the thing is, we know touchdowns aren't sticky. It's just what is good to know is that Adams is going to continue getting these targets, and that's why I'm starting him all the time. Like, I like I don't know about you guys, but like, I just like to me, targets are still the basic lifeblood of fantasy scoring, right? And like, without without that, like, like the second the second you start seeing targets start to fall off as for an aging wide receiver, that's when you know the team is giving up on him. But as Blair was mentioning. Bring up the pacification data you were saying.
1: Yeah, so just looking at 2023, I mean, it's notable how basically all of his targets and receptions coming are coming sides. on the left side, which is actually quite a bit different from even his usage last year, and especially his usage in Green Bay. See, 2020, he's used on both sides. Even in 2022, it's a little more even. So I think there maybe is some something going on with the offensive scheme that is not necessarily playing to his strengths i don't know how much to read into that
2: exactly but um yeah i mean look look, look at this though right like he was getting some stuff on the right side in the middle of the field last year yeah last year
1: right he had a lot more targets on the right side still not as many as uh as when you look at when he was in green bay where basically it's i mean that's kind of used all over the field um so yeah, there may be something to that. Just the scheme does not fit his skill set. So hopefully, with the coaching change, we'll see, we'll see some of that correct itself. We'll see his targets come back up. I mean, you know, he obviously, you know, is getting the targets sometimes, but he also has a lot of games this season with four targets, five targets. So you know, there there are some issues
2: here that go beyond just um, his. I mean, his I mean that should... skill level. That should be obvious, given that they got rid of the head coach and the GM in the middle of the night, right? <laughs> yeah, right. For like, sure. like, like, like don't it, do it, that it, when there aren't issues. In my head, I just imagine—I'm just imagining—Mark Davis like blackout drunk at a Halloween party, just like I'm going to just get rid of these guys and just makes the call and that's that. <laughs> like, I don't—I don't imagine there'd be much thought beyond that. Like a blackout drunk Mark Davis is like, <laughs> I have no idea that I want to see these guys ever again. Just get them out of my sight. Because I mean, I mean, and. But that's the thing is that like we don't know what's going to happen. And it's a shame that the Raiders didn't trade him. But that said, uh, I don't know what how they could have traded him given his contract. Cobra Kai yeah. says Garrett Wilson in the second rounder has been kind of meh, but no ceiling games. We were just discussing in the chat um, uh, round two disappointments. I wouldn't say Garrett Wilson is exactly a disappointment given that Aaron Rodgers lasted three plays and, and that was that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still impressed whenever Garrett Wilson gets you like more than 50 yards receiving. So yeah. I think to me that's like farm money, really. Like I like 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 our, like our Garrett Wilson stuff. I mean, he was it was it was, it was he was dust the second the second Rodgers bit the dust. But I mean, like he's kind of had a floor, man. Hasn't been that bad. He has no ceiling, like you said, though. Right. No it's just ceiling. such a
1: shame. Not even a wide receiver one. Not no wide receiver one. No wide receiver one finishes. There's a better view. Them. You see the. You can use this to kind of query a lot of stats. You see the target levels are still getting up there, I mean, especially like the lately. The only one is good. Yeah. Could but, you
2: imagine? Could you imagine this with like Aaron Rodgers though? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest issue for Devonte historical nominee says the biggest issue for Devonte is quarterback. Aiden O'Connell just as adequate as Jimmy. That is absolutely 100 correct. 100 correct, sir. I just. It's like the offensive scheme. Like they're trying to get Jacoby Myers in there. Like, like again, like the issue, the issue is like, we need teams to really push the Raiders. They need to be in proper negative script, but not enough to where the entire offense falls apart. And then all you get are just air mailing air balls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like this is like a pretty apt comment. Aiden O'Connell looked better than Bryce Young today. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> like, like again, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to put this, put this out to everybody who's listening. Please get us a copy of the S two cognition test. We will take it on air. <laughs> yeah, I am not joking. I'm trying to get one. Uh, we have a very special guest in a couple of weeks that I'm going to try and get a copy for before he gets on the air with us. Um, uh, Blair, maybe we can we, we should start pushing. Yeah, yeah, we got to go. Uh, we got to. I mean, this go. this 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 test was pushed as a reason, right? Like a, anyway, but but we should we should we should move on because. Um, <laughs> I I did want to discuss a really interesting game. Uh, included a guy who we love is Bijan Robinson, who had 11 rushes for 52 yards in the Falcons' loss to the Vikings. He also had one reception for one yard. Robinson was pretty, pretty much benched in the fourth quarter in favor of Tyler Algier who had negative rushing yards until the final five minutes of the game. Algier ended with 12 carries, including a short touchdown in the team's second to last drive in the back end. Like in this game, you know. Robinson isn't getting these green zone touches. Like, how is it that they draft this guy so early in the first round and this is what they're doing with him? Like, how? Like, 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 I'm, like I, I was so close to bringing back Ben Gretsch and just having him on for this segment <laughs> just so we could spend 20 minutes, like, again, dumping on Arthur Smith. But, like, this, like, personally, this game felt to me like, like Arthur Smith is deliberately trolling everybody. This game was served to them on a platter. Yeah. Right. The starting quarterback on the Vikings side, uh, whatever his name is. Oh, uh, Jaron Hall. Yeah. He exited with, you know, early with 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 the concussion. And then Dobbs, who was traded to the team five days ago, doesn't know the playbook, doesn't know <laughs> the offense, has to have the, the offensive coordinator transcribe what is happening to him on the sideline. He doesn't know the name of everyone on this team yet. Literally unpacked his bags. How is this guy gonna come in and run your t- your other team off the off the uh the, the football field?
1: Yeah. yeah. I, but anyway, but like, yeah. just I mean, to get we back can this, this, you know
2: Bizarro Bijan. Like, what? Like, what are you gonna do with this Bijan performance? Because this is really frustrating. It, it's it's frustrating. It is
1: definitely frustrating. The yeah. I mean, I don't even know what we can add at this point to the. To the Falcons' conversation, I mean, in a game in which you're without Drake London, who should be your top receiver, um, and rather than getting you know your talented pass-catching running back more involved or Pitts involved, you you know six targets to Cadeiro Hodge, six to John U. Smith, hey, hey, more hey, targets hey. for Van Johnu
2: Smith. John, John Smith had a 60-yard <laughs> catch and run touchdown, dude yeah Daryl
1: hodge Smith didn't look bad
2: well, well the, the funny. big issue is is this it's... is this hmm?
1: no i'm just saying smith is a guy that we've actually liked for a long time he was yeah. uh, someone who's popped in various models we've had on the site before but when you're comparing Johnu smith and kyle pitts
2: it's like come on yeah i mean i mean we could we could like Go back in and splice literally everything like Ben had said about like John and Smith, like a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago in here. I mean, sorry, Kyle Pitts in here, but we're not, we're not, we're not going to do that. Just go back and listen to the episode. A lot of that is, is fairly evergreen, right? But like, look, without Drake London, I get it. Kadaral Hodge essentially plays the Drake London role when London is out, right? Mm. We know that. The fact that they went to Van Jefferson twice in that last drive, Van Jefferson, by the way, mind you, a guy who they traded for. Yeah, and that's right. No pits, no Bijan. Bizarro world. Like in, in the final drive of the game, two high leverage targets going to Van Jefferson. Yeah, like this loss was earned. This loss was deserved. This season has been an absolute unraveling of what Arthur Smith, uh, what Arthur Smith believes his system to be. Right? Like, like you just got pantsed by a team that started a quarterback. Who literally got out of a U-Haul truck five days ago? Do you think right? that? I mean, this game
1: probably, on its own, is not enough for there to be any changes in terms of scheme, in terms of the gameplay, no. in terms of the
2: personnel, right? Nah, it's, why would they? Why would they change it? There's not. What do we need to not see? Enough, I mean, what do we need to wh- see before before uh,
1: either Arthur Smith? loses his job or something else drastic happens because
2: that we need kind of we seems need them to be to, to be the, the playoffs. here. We need them to miss the playoffs, but we also need them to get humiliated, right? <laughs> because Arthur Blank is only going to withstand this much humiliation, right? Next week, they play at the Cardinals, right? Yeah. So if they lose to the Cardinals and optimistically, please, somehow, let Kyler Murray be back. Come on, yeah, guy. I understand Call of that. Duty was... I mean, I know the call the new Call of Duty just came out, so I understand you wanting to sit out at Cleveland. I get it. All right. <laughs> the team looked pathetic. All right. Cleveland's the- Cleveland's tough. I wouldn't want to play against them either. I think he made the choice. Yeah, right. But the new Call of Duty's out on Friday. Come on, bro. Just do us a solid. Just just roll out of bed on Sunday and just kick their asses. We Come all on. need this, Kyler. Do it for we the all fantasy. It.
1: Do it for the fantasy
2: players. Do it for everyone who's under the height of five eight. Yeah. That's how tall. 12- Kyler. is Kyler. Kyler is Kyler that short. I think he's gonna... a little taller than that, but are you sure? Kyler Murray, five foot four. No, I'm just kidding. He's five, ten. <laughs> like, five, 10. All right, five, ten. Same um, year. yeah, but, but but I mean, like, here's the schedule, right? At the Cardinals, home versus the Saints, at the Jets versus home versus the Bucks, at the Panthers, they could potentially go on for the next week, uh, the, the, the next month, right? Yeah. I, I think, think that to me would start would start spurring some some major issues because like, we need them out of this soft NFC wildcard spot. We need them to actually lose it because there there needs to be introspection about what is happening and this slavish devotion to a team to a scheme that doesn't exist. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like this what is the point?
1: Makes a good a good point yeah. about the NFC South. I think if you see probably losses to the Saints in week um 11 where is that week 12 rather yeah they have a bye yeah uh and then the bucks two weeks later i think if you see losses in those games maybe that is a a bigger deal if they can't beat division rivals maybe you see see something happen i mean you know i don't know it it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine the front office is happy with the usage they're getting from the players uh- that they spend so much on so from, the, from a draft capital perspective because they're exactly. all
2: kind of cost-controlled and contracts.
1: Well, yeah, right? like yeah you, that's true. You, but draft capital, exactly.
2: Yeah, like, I, like I'm sure there has to be some questions here because Bijan was being used in the receiving game to, the game to move the game close, right? But then when you look at the final, the final results of this final drive, it's bizarre, right? Like when you, when you look at the final... Uh, my computer's lagging. The mm-hmm. final four plays of the game Tyler Heineke passed short left to Jonu Smith for nine yards. Heineke passed incomplete deep left to Kaderil Hodge. Heineke passed short left to Bijan, ran out of bounds at ATL for seven yards. Pass incomplete deep right, whatever, right? (laughs) But like prior to that, they had, they were dialing up like here, here, here was, right? It was the score was 24-21 before they gave, you know, before they scored like that go-ahead touchdown and then like, Here's what they did before they gave up, they gave up the go-ahead touchdown. It's the scores 24-21 Atlanta? They had a chance to score um second and eight. Tyler Heineke passing up a deep right to Van Jefferson, passing up right. a short middle to Van Jefferson. Then they punt Minnesota punts. Falcons score a touchdown, Vikings score a touchdown, and you know how that goes. They lose, right? Like <laughs> the thing is, the thing is also, uh, wait, what? Uh, this is a good question actually in the chat. Do you see? I wanted to put him on the show sheet, but didn't know what to think. I don't know how to think of it. Do you see Aaron Jones' success continuing? The street, uh, so this is a very, very good question. So mm-hmm. we here at the Viz are actually Aaron Jones fans. Um, do we think his success is gonna continue? The issue, the issue that I have the thing that I like the most about Aaron Jones here, six targets. Six mm-hmm. targets, four for 26 receiving, right? He led the team in targets. Now, this isn't going to be all like the case all the time, but the Green Bay Packers are actually an interesting team in that, like when they lead, they do actually pepper Aaron Jones with targets. Right. What I like the most about him is that he has that long playability. He hasn't shown it yet this season. Right. But he's got that. He had 20 carries for 73 yards and a score. Just keep in mind that the issue with Aaron Jones is they he could be stripped out fairly quickly, but I don't know how often. I don't know how that will play going forward, if that makes sense. Right. Like, I'm starting to get the feeling that, like, the Packers do think Jordan Love isn't the answer, it, like, outside mm-hmm. of a handful of incredibly Homer media people who you'll find online who are so in the Jordan Love hole that, like, mm-hmm. that, like, it genuinely is. It's one thing to hold out hope, it's another thing to, like, actively consider that a guy who, Shouldn't be part of your future is actually your future. It's like very Daniel Jones uh Stockholm syndrome mask. If that makes sense, right, right. Yeah. But I do think I do think that um, Aaron Jones' success is fairly contingent upon the kind of games they play. They've got a fairly soft schedule at least at the Steelers home versus the Chargers. So I do think he does well there. At the Lions, a if the toss if the game goes off script, maybe we don't see much of him home version of the Chiefs. The Chiefs, as you mentioned today in your matchup, Colin Blair, they have a kind of a soft uh, defensive front. Um, we didn't, you know, at the Giants. So, yeah, I do think I do think Jones is kind of set up for a good stretch. This trade, would, and then he bring, Josh brings up a good trade uh, in a 16-teamer, trading away Logan Thomas and Noah Brown from Mark Andrews. I would 100% do that twice a, twice a day, three times on Sunday. Like, you're essentially moving away LT and Noah Brown. Who are two good bit pieces for a mm-hmm. guy who I really, really, really in and Mark Andrews on the stretch? Yeah, right? selling like high I, on Noah Brown after after this week seems like the right move. Yeah, would you trade Patrick Mahomes for C.J. Stroud and Cooper Cup in a dynasty league? I have Josh Allen already. I don't think I'd be doing that. I don't think I want to. I don't think I want Cooper Cup. I actually had an offer earlier, uh, Cooper Cup for JSN. I hate those type of trades because it does nothing for me. It, it's it's kind of meaningless. Like a wide receiver for wide receiver, like why do I want to get older at the position for, you know, for Cooper Cup if that makes yeah. sense, right? Like despite him being elite, like the team who's trying to trade him away, it's like ninth in the or ninth in the. is a fourteen team best ball league. I think he's ninth or tenth. Like so, why do I saying, like like? Hmm? Yeah, you're
1: saying you wouldn't trade away Mahomes to get Stroud and Cup. What would you have to get in addition to Stroud to trade away Mahomes?
2: Oh man, that's see, that's like. Is it different? Is it different I hate these type of trades, right? Because they're quarterbacks who are considering in the same tier. Yeah. As a, like, it's almost like a swap. So yeah. you're getting younger right? though. You're getting younger yeah. at quarterback. So right, what- but I don't I, I don't the issue is is like, are you like how young are you really getting? This is Patrick Mahomes you're talking about.
0: Right.
1: At quarterback, right? it's a different kind of there's a, it's a different calculus. A very different calculus. Because you don't expect these guys to, you know, be um dust by the time they're 27 or something
2: yeah and I should I should I should talk a little bit about like my belief or like how I treat quarterback in in superflex is like I just need a guy who I know is in dynasty I just need a guy I can plug in I just need him to play 16 games he needs to be the starter he needs to not have a risk of losing his job right because like he doesn't necessarily need to be elite because you stumble into those guys those guys always have big performances Right. So I don't know if I'd be trading him. Like it's like the real value here is that like quarterback for quarterback trade. Yeah. Right. That's but at the true. same time,
1: mean, the other thing is I think quarterback is probably in a lot of ways, maybe the hardest position to kind of project um, from a dynasty standpoint, in the sense that, you know, guys who we have pegged as looking really good, uh, end up either busting a lot or I mean I'm thinking of like, you know, after Baker Mayfield's rookie season, we had him oh yeah. to a top five quarterback in dynasty. Yeah. Um and obviously that didn't work out. And I think there are a lot of examples of that. I'm not saying CJ Stroud, you know, could still bust from here. I mean obviously he could. I'm not saying he's going to. But um there's like inher- like inherently a lot- inherently like
2: Mahomes is no risk is what you're saying. Right, he's like exactly. Risk, like, exactly. Like he's about the as close risk risk-free as you're
1: going get, to get there. Yeah, the risk to take... You're, you're taking on a lot of additional risk with a guy like Stroud, which is not a bad thing necessarily, but probably uh, something you want to do more at uh, at positions that don't have the kind of longevity that quarterback does.
2: It is it is interesting to me. So this is me and my friends this first year in Dynasty, and we did an auction draft, and I totally messed it up. I way overpaid, and my team is very mid. Don't worry about that, man. We got you covered. Just check out the road of His offseason content for Dynasty. I use most of my money on Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Bijan. That's fine. You have a core. It's not a big deal. Auctions are still the way to go, in my opinion. Like, don't, 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 don't sweat it too much. You're you paid the iron price. It's totally, it's totally chill. You have two of the best guys. All you gotta do is address the position. It's not a big deal. Yeah, like like the the cool thing the cool thing about dynasty is, um, you've essentially set... you've got your quarterback, so you can now you can punt the position if that makes sense. You don't need to worry too much about the rest of it. Like now you're going to chase wide receiver. You you don't even need to necessarily worry too much about running back either. You can just chase other other wide receivers. Like probably spend as much as you can on on these uh, in this upcoming rookie wide receiver class. Uh, we uh Blair isn't in this, but but there's. But there's a 14-team a um auction, uh, well, a 14 team dynasty league that I play in with Thomas Emmerich, uh, where the rookie draft's actually an auction draft and there's an additional layer where your rookie money rolls over and it's just a mad dash scramble to try and get the like the elite talent. That's kind of where Thomas went all off the rails and picked up like QJ for as much as he did. You always find just like crazy stuff like that. Um, so yeah, don't 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 sweat that too too much. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would genuinely not worry too much about Bijan. Like as as, as far as his redraft value goes, it's concerning. Just because Arthur Smith is just so frustrated. Like if I said what I wanted to say about Arthur Smith right now on the on the on air, I think our show would be canceled. Um, like I I think I think I think Cole might have a heart attack hearing us. Uh, and then also, we'd probably get some very angry um, uh, notices from the FCC. Um, I feel like I should. Uh, so, if you feel like you have two elite quarterbacks and superflex, I touched on this earlier in Dynasty. Don't worry about it. Like just, just treat the year like you know you need to rebuild the rest of your team, and that isn't too too hard, right? Um, don't don't stress too much about trading out your QBs for another good piece like Stroud and another stud if only because, like, I think their value is kind of negligible, or at least the, tra- the changing value is, like, negligible, right? Like what, 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 where you genuine, like, what makes a QB so valuable, I think, in Dynasty is that you get these elite guys who are signed for a very long time, and you just know they're going to be there because that means you don't have to address the position again, right? You can pick up, a, like, a flyer QB3. Like, I've got Tyler Heineke in a bunch of leagues in my QB3 in, in, in Superflex. It's not a big deal, right? Yeah. It's not a big deal. Uh, you just have to start attacking your other positions more with your, with your value. Don't worry too much about what this season does for you, because you don't need to necessarily make trades. These guys aren't going anywhere. Is 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 how I want to think that you should at least treat your team. Um, uh, just just because I I really don't like the idea of like trading away these guys who are essentially cornerstones of of a team that you don't need to worry about addressing at all, right? Like it, it gives you a really big advantage because now you're big, you're, you're only other positions you have to address are wide receiver and tight end. If this is an auction, well, Hey, why not go all the, all, all in on, on Marvin Harrison Jr. Next year, what's stopping you from doing that? You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden you've got a phenomenal wide, young wide receiver talent on your, on your team, right? Like what, like what, like nothing is stopping you from doing that. Um, I don't know. I don't know, uh, Blair, if you agree with that, that philosophy, but I've uh, started approaching some of my, some of my dynasty leagues with that, with that thought process as opposed to trying to be good everywhere.
1: Yeah, you mean punting quarterback, basically.
2: Or, or if you're in... buying quarterback, punting the other positions, right? Because you I have – yeah. like, like, like basically what I'm saying is, is – um, and I mean like with a receiver in that case, I guess the way you treat receiver is you want to go super young. Get the, you know, you want to get all the young, like Jamar Chase and Justin Jeffersons and the JS, like all these guys who we know are going to be getting second contracts, big, big, massive extensions. And then you're just sort of praying you can find quarterback production somewhere off the waiver wire and then attacking that position heavily in the draft next year. But that's more yeah. of a theory piece, right? I mean, the goal, of course, is to be
1: good at every position, to have the elite guys yeah. at every position. And in Dynasty, that is possible to do because you can... You can get guys at really cheap values, and they can break out the next year or something. So, what you definitely want to be doing is loading up on breakout candidates. Um, you know, paying paying Mahomes prices for C.J. Stroud probably isn't the best way to do that. But if uh, you know, if you can get, if you drafted Stroud, obviously, then you're you're doing pretty well so you know and you i don't want to say that at the end of the day it all comes down to just trying to get values because that's not even right it's more like trying to buy buy cheap upside and that's yeah that's what you need easier said than done but um but that's kind of the key i think and you don't necessarily have to pay a lot for it
2: yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how you actually win a dynasty. It's like finding the undervalued guys. That's why that's why like for lack of a better better reason I wound up with a lot of Levis this year because mm-hmm. he was so cheap. Yeah. He was so cheap. Like he was going for nothing and I just had a feeling that, you know, he was going to get some playing time. I didn't expect his first game for him to look as good as he did. And I didn't expect him to look as poor as he did in the second game. No one wanted to buy him off me for a first half of that first game. But, you know, a few more yeah. repeat performances, and I might be able to get more than the Bryce Young one will. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, you um, know, after, even after of, this week, I think you could probably. One of my league mates offered me David Montgomery for a first-round pick for next year's draft, but I declined it because I thought that was a bad value. Okay, so David Montgomery, is, that was a horrible trade offer to you? And I'm really happy you declined it because, like, the guys you kind of want to be getting, like, like so, think of it this way: that 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 trade offer that was made to you is like saying Jameer Gibbs for David Montgomery, which you would never ever do. Yeah, I mean, right? that's
1: assuming you have an early first rounder. But even an if early, you, even a late an first early rounder. first round,
2: but even a late first rounder this year was like Jordan Addison, Dalton Kincaid, Zay Flowers, Sam Laporta. Right. 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 You would never be trading any of these guys for David Montgomery. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, so... I mean
1: there's some there's some there's some time value that you do have to factor into the equation in the sense that you can use Montgomery's points now versus, you know, a first round pick next year is probably a little bit less valuable um just because it's next year, but still um you know for I think in almost 100% of cases you would not want to
2: you would not want to take Montgomery for a first-round pick. Would you trade Bijan and Andrews for Chase and redraft? I would not be doing that at all. Because Bijan like, like, and Andrews combined is going to be higher than Chase. And we know Andrews is capable of blow-up games. We know Bijan is capable of blow-up games. We can't predict these in advance. So I would not be doing that. Plus, you're losing out on your RB and that. The issue I mean, is, is like the T the, the spot is what's killing me here.
1: Yeah, This is this is... I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a good trade, but I do think there are legitimate questions about Robinson's upside in, this, in, offense, this, for the in this offense. I mean, we've seen him have a couple 20 point games early in the season, but, you know, I do want to be realistic about what, what we can expect from him when he's splitting time with Algier, when um, the coaching staff is not putting him necessarily in the best position to succeed
2: that's the frustrating part but it almost feels like it almost feels retaliatory against like the pundit class if that makes sense (laughs) right initially initially arthur smith was rebelling against the fantasy football class now he's openly in revolt against against his own beat reporters yeah yeah yeah, uh, so so it's a headache. I'm ready to give up on it. No, I wouldn't give up on it, man. Like I've got Bijan in a bunch of places. Actually, I think I'd actually, want to get a little
1: more for that for that combination yeah. of Bijan and Andrews than just Chase. Yeah. But I do uh, certainly understand wanting to sell on Bijan uh, in redraft at least in dynasty. I'm holding him and even buying him. But in redraft, that that can definitely be frustrating. It's
2: it's it's been frustrating because we've seen Arthur Smith pull this shit two weeks in a row, right? Yeah. And he's done it in. The most frustrating effect. I mean, I really needed Bijan this week, man. Like, he gets me 6.9 points. Like, my other running backs. Like, Gibbs was on a buy. My other running backs are like Chuba, Daryl Henderson. Just a tough, tough scene for yours truly. But yeah, even then, I'm not giving up on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's just no way. Chase for Hubbard.
1: No, Chase and Hubbard for no. Bijan and Andrews. I think
2: I have no interest in Jason Hubbard, man. Like, so, like, so, like, the issue is, is you're going down from, like, that, like, essentially one of the top two tight ends and one of the top five running backs to guys with incredibly spotty usage. So, like, Hubbard is a guy who got the start this week, but Miles Sanders worked in. Um, Madison is just, even though he's locked in as a starter and has been for so long for the Vikings, he just hasn't been good. He hasn't been good at all. Like he doesn't even have team. the receiving role that Rashad yeah. White does. No, like, I, you need more. Like, like, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Like one of my friends just traded away Alvin Kamara for Jamar Chase. It's a really tough data point because I think my friend really destroyed this guy in a trade. But that's the kind of like level of running back you're thinking about for Jamar Chase. Like, because like running backs are like flopping. I just I just like I just don't think that there's many that, that you can really reliably plug in right now that offer you a high ceiling like like Bijan. Right. Whereas even though Jamar Chase is elite, there's other guys who on a you know, just given the high fluctuations, you will probably be fine. I mean, like just just uh pulling up the box score here as we kick off the third quarter, the leading receiver on this Bengals game right now is T Higgins. Jamar Chase has five targets. He's got three for nine yards and he had that one missed touchdown, right? So like the issue is, is you're getting a bigger positional advantage, in my opinion, with Mark Andrews on your team. Right. Like I can I can see a Bijan for Jamar Chase swap. I can see that. I just don't like adding the Mark Andrews piece here. Blair, yeah, do you that agree? makes
1: sense. That makes sense. I mean, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think adding Hubbard or Madison to that really moves the needle that much for me, but the i mean you know we're we think about bijan as being a top five running back because in terms of his talent he probably is in terms of his dynasty value definitely in terms of redraft value i mean he's currently the running back 18 on a per game basis in ppr scoring so could you pull up the
2: list i was i'm curious to see who's ahead of him yeah uh so i mean I'm, i mean and, and but, but here's the thing the issue the issue with that is this goes down it's not just a time share It goes down to like this team's usage. The fact that the coach, the the fact that this coach is just not using him in the green zone despite drafting him where they took him. They didn't take a quarterback. They didn't take a quarterback. They didn't take an O line. They didn't take some of the more important positions than running back. They took B. John Robinson. Yeah, Shane.
1: It's Shane.
2: He's back. This is the per game game stuff, obviously. And uh, so, a Chan I mean, but, but yeah, but look at this, right? Like, amazing. Like, Raheem, Raheem Mostert comes in as like a 15th round hero. Kyron Williams, waiver wire hero in some leagues. Zach Moss, late round hero. David Montgomery has, you know, I mean, he has his, all those touchdowns. Um, Saquon Barkley, well, he's, I mean, he's locked and loaded. Yeah.
1: Um, right? I mean, even if you, if you look uh, total, he's... The RB12. I mean, he's better, right? Yeah, better.
2: RB12, right? RB12. Um, but yeah, this is like, and you do, and this is because he's not he getting those green zone touches. Right. But this is the issue: is like you are giving them all to Algier, who's not. If anything, Algier looks worse this year than he <laughs> did last year, right? Um, through law, of, like it feels weird, but like through law of transit of property, it almost looks,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah haven't it, seen it, the ceiling from from Bijan
2: in the start. White, we did.
1: In the start, it's been, right? a, it's been a while. <laughs> Twenty-one point two, he had, Um, and then it's been a while. But even that, I mean, for for a back as talented as we think he is, you would expect to see some thirty-point games in there.
2: Yeah, so, but the, the issue, the, but the issue here is like we think he's talented. The Falcons think he's talented, but they're him fifth overall. Yeah. So what's Arthur Smith's problem, right? Exactly. Like if, if, if we've seen him do this with 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 Pitts. And then we've seen him do it with Drake London, right? So like, yep. so, like, either the whole world is wrong or the Falcons who are drafting these guys are wrong <laughs> or Arthur Smith is wrong. And which one's the easy? Like, it's easy to single him out, right? It really is. And I don't feel bad. I, I don't feel bad for dogpiling on him. I don't. Because yeah, this team should. doesn't deserve its wins. It doesn't deserve, these, it doesn't deserve its record. And I'm really hoping to get absolutely trounced. Because because there's like you you can you don't get to play that Billy Bill Belichickian arrogant you know like um, like role until like unless it's earned right like mm-hmm. yeah. and there's no there's no evidence that this team is anything beyond this beyond the Titans like I mean they're not better than the Titans like they got they got destroyed by the Titans if they lose to the Saints like you're looking at a team that's just not there. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Bijan can't get in a rhythm, gets punished for fumbling. Yeah, that's the the issue is like punishing punishing an early draft capital, very talented running back um uh for fumbling, right? Yeah, so I mean,
1: you know, nothing I think is gonna change necessarily in terms of Bijan's usage this season unless we have a coaching change. So that does have me a little bit concerned. That we won't really see his ceiling this year. I think that's a distinct possibility. So I don't. That is. Hard. Yeah. So I kind of understand. I understand. You know, the a little fear apprehensive in draft. about about uh, rostering him, but but his value. Yeah, but doesn't, yeah, but
2: that's yeah, that's the, but that's the issue is that like he just said that his league mate doesn't want to just move Chase straight up, right? Yeah, and so right. this is where there's, there's an incongruity because I don't think I don't think. Bijan plus Mark Andrews equals Jamar Chase, right? Agreed. Like the issue is Mark Andrews is like the sick. If it was like Logan Thomas, Jake Ferguson, sure. Okay. <laughs> not, not, not now, sure. Why not? Right. The issue is is like, because Mark Andrews is another guy who's got a 50 point ceiling, right? Like yeah. like like Zay Flowers has taken some steps back. He really doesn't get that kind of usage. Today we just saw Mark Andrews get all the work, right? Like it's not, it shouldn't come a surprise yeah like when when, when, like 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 he is this team's travis kelsey right like and we're seeing him use as such he was drafted as such in the offseason like this isn't a surprise right yeah i agree yeah i agree andrews
1: andrews in addition to Bijan, is too much but Bijan, in addition to another lower you know a lower tight end another piece that's not quite as valuable i think makes a lot of sense all right. Uh, did we want to talk about anyone else? Uh, oh, here's a good one. Jahan Dotson caught four of eight targets for 69 right. yards and a touchdown. Um, I mean, the question is now that we've seen two Jahan Dotson games that have kind of, kind of been what we were hoping for. Maybe not quite the ceiling we wanted, but we're seeing we the finally targets. Get there. We're seeing the yards, the fantasy points are there. Um, are we are we still are we kind of like, oh, remember all that stuff we said in week
2: six? Forget that. I mean, I would like to think that <laughs> some of what we said was what motivated the commanders to actually do this. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> right? But I mean, truthfully, truthfully, uh Curtis Samuel was ruled out. Um we knew we knew Dotson had a couple of issues with uh, with health, um, but realistically, what's happening here is that he saw he's seen twenty six targets mm-hmm. in the last three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we said at the top of the show, and I'll reiterate, uh, you know, targets are lifeblood of fantasy scoring. You know, my boy Byron Pringle had four targets, got three for fifty five, but that's not going to be that's not exactly you know repeatable. <laughs> But like the fact that Jahan Dotson based the team in targets it, and he got four for sixty-nine and a score, like this only says to me that like as long as the targets are there, his efficiency should only improve. Right. He's he's fortunate in that he faced off last week against a very soft Eagles defense. I mean, look like like CeeDee Lamb carved them up like an early Thanksgiving turkey, right? Yeah. Um, that game against the Giants was terrible. They lost to the Giants with 14 7. Um I think it was McLaurin who got all the usage. Uh, Dotson had eight targets, got five for 43, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's just a matter of, like, target volume. And, like, I'm going to go back to an earlier game. Actually, let's look at the Bears. They lost 40-20 in this one. I'm curious to see what where all this damage came from. That yeah. game, Dotson only had five targets. So Logan Thomas was on fire. Curtis Samuel had seven targets that game, caught six for 65 and one, right? So the fact that Curtis Samuel is out of the picture for a little bit is a big, is a big boon for his, like his, his, his stock.
1: Yeah, that, that could be big. I mean, I think it's interesting. He does have a few games, you know, seven in week one, nine targets in week four, eight targets last week, obviously, but this is actually the first game of the season in which he's had positive fantasy points over expectation, um, which is saying something. Cause this is, You know, Dotson was, I think, the second most efficient wide receiver in the league uh, last year. Can pull this up. Yeah. Right. So um, I don't know what to make of that exactly. Obviously, you know, different quarterback this year than he had most of last year. Um, So maybe it's just about him and Howell kind of getting uh, on the same page or something. But yeah, obviously, this is a big a big jump up from what he's been doing a big difference that's not necessarily explained by by the targets i think so i don't know exactly what to make of it but uh, hopefully it's the start of a a trend and obviously this is last week this is not this week you know the big yeah
2: also there. also you're showing the uh fantasy points over expected so you might want to switch that over to ppr scoring right yeah that's what i'm talking about ppr yeah fantasy points over expected yeah i mean yeah that, that's the thing right like the only right. reason is because because when you look at the fantasy, the reason I said that was because when you look at the fantasy points over expected, and move it to PPR, you're seeing that like his poor scores track pretty closely with right. that the lack of performance, and so he can you flip back right? Oh yeah, to this yeah right yeah. So this is the, the, and this goes back to what why I was reading off all those different box scores is because yeah there you go that's probably better is because this is his he, expected points right yeah. yeah like he just wasn't efficient, and because yeah. he was inefficient, they moved targets to Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas and others who were efficient. Right. Um. Someone just discussed. Someone just discussed why why Bryant Robinson as their RB two in dynasty. Look, he's probably going to be there. Um. You just have to hold him. Like that's, that's you're not going to get much out of him. You just have to hope that he gets when the Commanders play with a positive script. He's really good. He's like a script dependent back, but most most running backs are. But he's one of the other ones. But just to go back to what I was saying about Dotson is, when you look when you look at that FBOE stuff, and then you look at his BPI performances, he was perform- like underperforming everything. Right, and he was underperforming, and they had other overperformers. And um, Brian Robinson was actually getting a lot of early targets because they were winning. Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, mm-hmm. all these guys, right? Like they didn't necessarily need to use him. Yeah. So going back, going back to what we said, yeah, like we we had a good reason to worry about this. Right, he was he was inefficient with his target volume, which led to a reduction in workload, and only now has like the 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 crowded receiver corps started thinning out. We're seeing him sort of ramp back up, and again, it's just it's and part of it is just sort of progression to the mean, in that he couldn't remain this bad for this long because we knew he was good. That's true,
1: and that also explains maybe a little bit why he why he uh, has not been as good as he was last year because last year was. An outlier, I, I, he's in a off way. He's the charts, dude. Certainly a lot of his of his efficiency last season came from touchdowns and he hasn't been scoring many touchdowns this this year. So that's no, I, one big difference.
2: So so I guess let me ask you this question is um is Jahan Dawson, Jahan Dawson, is he now like an every week starter? He is for us in FFBC because <laughs> I mean uh well, what else can we do? But uh, was, but yeah. I was debating today
1: whether to start him over I think Romeo Dobbs in one league. And that's, I ended up going see with, that's who do you go with? I went with Dotson. And I think that was the right call, even that's though right. Dobbs I believe had a higher projection in a lot of in a lot of sources.
2: I the mean, issue and so the issue the issue with like Dobbs only had three targets, so yeah, that but that's see this is the issue when they play with the lead, they just funnel like, it to Aaron Jones. Right right right. like he led that he led that team in targets like i think going
1: forward issue. did he oh yeah aaron jones did you mean yeah yeah um yeah i think going forward i'm i'm comfortable slotting dotson is as, as an every week starter i mean he's getting the targets now uh led the team in targets today and he's picking up yards and scoring points i think um this you know this is enough for me to say okay yeah I'm, dotson's back in the uh back in our good graces. circle of trust start him. yeah exactly circle of trust it's it's tough man it's... who would you start between dotson
2: and qj dotson the issue is is that like with eckler back in the lineup we know mm-hmm. that guy's got like the apps like he's got like the ability to vacuum up nine targets like i mean it got, like, like that's the issue right right dotson doesn't necessarily have that i mean um, Ryan Robinson again feeds a team when it comes down to like playing in positive script. You got Anthony Gibson in negative script, yeah.
1: Keenan or, Allen is that way too, right? He's another guy who you know a 20 target game isn't, that, yeah, isn't that out of the norm. Whereas Washington doesn't have any players like that, really. Maybe Logan Thomas is like that, but uh, not it same, depends not the on same I mean, not the same kind
2: of targets. No, it's like if anything, Terry McLaurin is like the real, the real fear here because he's like a guy who's easily worth every target you give him yeah but his targets are
1: his targets are deep downfield tend to Mm -hmm. be he's not getting the same uh well actually they're probably using him differently this year i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say he's deep
2: downfield guy no but i mean like he plays a traditional x role right He, he is that talented terry f1 but that's the thing is that is that dawson is a great is a great um running mate to him right
1: Eleven air yards per target, so not that deep, but you know you don't see you don't see McLaurin getting twenty targets the way, the way both Eckler and Keenan Allen sometimes do. So I do think that certainly there's more of a, more of a floor for Dotson to get yeah. the workload.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, and people have been saying this in the chat all night is, like, tomorrow starts the beginning of go time for QJ. I wouldn't necessarily say we need anything out of him. It depends on what version of the Jets shows up. Is it gonna be like the one that pushes the Chargers? Because I think they could push the Chargers. But like uh just gonna pull up pull up the Chargers schedule here.
1: Yeah, this is definitely not going to be an easy game for the Chargers, I think, to uh yeah score a lot uh, of points in the receiving game. The Jets, if they have any any weakness on defense, I believe it's against running backs. So
2: yes, um, it would be the it would be I mean, and they don't let really let up that many yards at running back. So uh yeah. so play that I kind of I kind of dabbled in was Eckler over thirteen and a half carries. Hmm. But like I mean, but like hugely against the Lions, right? So as long as they push there they can make it against the Packers, against the Ravens. Right? Like these are games where you're hoping are gonna be pace up. Um yeah. right. Yeah it's
1: uh it's not easy i think all those teams are are kind of tough matchups even though they do kind of force well except for green bay maybe they do kind of force opponents to to play faster and pass more so that's maybe a good sign um yeah i don't know i don't know what you know on so many of my teams i can't really afford to drop qj at this point so no, we're kind of plat committed at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> like well, it's like not I only mean, that, but I mean this you, week was bad because of all the bye weeks, but uh, you know, with with uh, different guys losing different guys to injuries and just not having other options available, oh yeah. Q J becomes You know, he's starting kind of by default on a lot of teams, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, if if you're playing in a shallower league, he's probably on your waiver wire. But, like, if you play in, like, the deeper leagues, he's no chance, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, next week is going to be tough, too, right? Chiefs are on by, Rams are on by, Finns are on by, Eagles are on by. Like, that's, like, three cornerstone offense. If you're playing, if you rostered any of these guys, you're probably, like, all right, this is my L. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, right, and then following that, and the Falcons run by Colts, Patriots, Saints. Uh, we did we didn't touch on him, but it was nice to see Olave torch the Bears' soft secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, if only he got them every week. And then week thirteen is your gargantuan Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, yeah. Vikings, Giants. Right, like that's a massive bye week. Yeah. So I mean, God save everyone that week. Oh, yeah, week. Yeah. yeah so I mean, it, right? we don't necessarily do this but uh Blair you and I are hoping for big games from Garrett Wilson and uh and uh uh, Garrett Wilson uh and Brees Hall tomorrow but we also would like to see QJ go off um a game with a lot of
1: scoring would be nice because anything to kind of force the Jets to have to uh throw the ball to Wilson a lot and also throw the ball to Brees Hall or give him the ball Yeah.
2: I will say it is nice to see them try to simplify the offense for Zach Wilson. I think he, they've actually done a little bit better. Like, I I don't know if it's just me. Oh, okay, look, so I'm admittedly not a tape guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. If people who, who I trust who are knowledgeable about film. have been posting about how Zach Wilson has gotten better. This is a team that did beat the Eagles. Uh, Garrett Wilson had eight catches for 90 yards in that game. And then last mm-hmm. week we know he had seven catches for hundred yards, right? So it is nice that Zach Wilson has just zoomed in on on Garrett on, on, on GW as his only guy. And so I'm just hoping to keep this going. I'm you know, I'm hopeful, hopeful that we get a good ceiling game.
1: Yeah. 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 Could use a lot of points. I think there are at least two main events I'm in where I need 30 points from the combination of Wilson and Reese Hall, and I'm sure um Rotoviz listeners are not uh, in too dissimilar of a situation on a lot of teams. So yeah, hopefully we get those, we get those points. All right. Well, uh I think that will do it for us, unless there's any anyone we missed, but uh yeah, thanks everyone for hanging out. Good conversation, good comments. Um, Really appreciate it. And uh, be sure to subscribe and hit the like button and everything. And uh, we will talk to you next week.
3: The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing.